This is More Than Therapy Podcast. More Than Therapy. This is More Than Therapy. More Than Therapy Podcast. This is More Than Therapy. More Than Therapy Podcast. This is More Than Therapy Podcast. And welcome to another episode of More Than Therapy. Today we're talking about positive thinking does not work, but it's actually more than that. But I can't come up with a more appropriate topic because Anne Hintz is a very interesting guest. Anne has developed the ability to sense inside her body and release physical tension stored in her connective tissue using solely the focus of her mind. She has x-rays to show the physical changes resulting from this inner work, including changing the alignment of her eye sockets, the straightening of her neck, the centering of her lower jaw, and the growth of her tooth roots. She has also grown one half an inch at the age of 55, when most people that age actually start shrinking because of osteoporosis-related issues. Anne wants us all to know that we have this incredible power within us, It just takes going further with practices that you may already be doing. And today's guest, Anne Hintz. Anne, 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 what happened in order for you to come to this realization that I can change via focusing and via my mind? Tell us about that. I had no idea that I had that ability. And I think, you know, probably most of us don't. And, you know, that's why I'm sharing my story now because I had no idea that you could go as deep inside as I have been able to go. So it was it was all new to me. I just knew I needed to change. I needed to be less reactionary. I needed to be more peaceful on the inside. So just part of that journey as that journey went on and I got I just was able to get deeper and deeper inside and release more and more of that burden that I had been carrying around for my whole childhood. Indeed, indeed. Many times, all the time, really, our childhood bears what we're going to become in adulthood. It can make us better, a better person, or it can impact us to be not so good because the stressors, the things that impacted us. Tell us, how did your childhood impact your adulthood? (laughs) Well, one of the key things about that is that we're not aware of it, right? We're not aware of how it's affecting us. So, you know, I I had a lot of trauma in childhood, not necessarily more than anyone else. Certainly um, some things weren't as bad, but I was born with my right foot up against my right shin. So I did have physical therapy for the first six weeks of my life. And then I was handed over for adoption into a family that had just suffered a trauma because they had a boy that they had adopted a little while ago, and then they adopted another little girl. And they had her for six months. They raised her for six months. And in England at the time, the birth mother could change her mind up to six months of age. And this birth mother did change her mind. So they had to hand this little girl back to her mother. And I was the replacement into the family for that loss. So obviously they wouldn't have connected me as much as maybe they would have done if they had not suffered that trauma because they weren't sure if my mother was going to do the same thing. But she didn't. So life carried on. We started moving around the world because my dad worked for an international company. So we moved to Barbados first and then we moved to Sierra Leone in West Africa. And while we were there, we had a house fire. I woke up one morning and saw the flames coming in through my bedroom wall. So that was another trauma. 
And then we moved to Hong Kong. And while we were in Hong Kong, I was sent to boarding school in England, halfway across the world. And I was sent to my brother's boarding school, which was a boys boarding school. So I was an own, the only girl boarder for the first year at that boys boarding school. And I was teased mercilessly for the two years that I was there. So that wasn't a good thing. And my dad already had anger issues. And as in my teenage years, both of them became alcoholics. So life at home was very stressful. And when I was 19, I woke up one morning and found my mother dead on the bathroom floor. So that was kind of the big trauma. But I dealt with them all the same way because we're programmed in childhood how to deal with things. And we dealt with things by not dealing with them. We just we've never talked about them. We didn't talk about emotions. We didn't do any of that. We just suppressed it all. So that's what I did. I suppressed it all and carried on with life. I moved out to the States. I became a software engineer. I got married. I had kids. And then it was something in my late 30s. So I had to go all through those years not realizing that I was carrying that burden of my childhood around with me. And what happened was it was a business altercation with a couple of other mothers at my boys' school. And they were very self-confident, self-assured, authority-type women. And I was this scared mother on the inside. And they told me I'd done something wrong. And my mind just spun out of control. It went over and over what they'd said and what I'd said and what had happened. And it, I couldn't sleep for three days. And at the end of that, I realized, I don't think this is normal. I don't think other people would react so intensely to something that was really quite small. And that's when I realized it felt a little bit like how I would react when my dad told me I'd done something wrong. So that was the first inkling that maybe there's something from my childhood that is still affecting me to this day. So that was the, the very first inkling I had. And, and that was the start of my journey. I didn't actually know what to do at that point. I just knew something needed to change. And it was in that time frame I went to a doctor's appointment. He happened to be a holistic physician and he knew me. He was also a parent of the school. So he kind of knew me. He knew my, my situation and he realized that I was more stressed than I should be. And he asked me on a scale of zero through 10 what my stress level was. And I said eight. And then he asked me why. And it was that question that made me realize oh, I was finding my mother on the bathroom floor when I was 19, which is now two decades before because the tears were still just under the surface. So he happened to know this technique that is called EFT, which is short for emotional freedom technique. It's also called tapping because we're tapping on specific places on our body as we're talking through something. So he tapped with me about my mother's death for about 15 minutes and I walked away from that appointment, being able to tell the story of her death in my mind without the tears there anymore, without the emotions there. And that was the first time I realized how much we store those emotions and those memories physically in our body and that we can let them go. I had no idea before that, that that was even possible. Indeed, indeed. Thank you for sharing that perspective. Trauma from 19 well into your 30s before you started to address your wellness and recovery. How did that trauma impact you? Well, it, that's what made me so reactionary. And my mind was so busy and it was so negative and so judgmental and critical. And as I went through, so I started tapping every day. Actually, let me go back. 
That day, after I went back home from the doctor's office, I went online and learned everything I could about EFT because I didn't necessarily trust that that 15 minutes with the doctor was was really you know, true. It wasn't just a fluke. So I wanted to learn about it. And the guy who developed it, Gary Craig, gave it away for free. So anyone can go online and learn how to use it. It's very easy, very simple to learn. But I wanted to check it out. So at the time, I had a 17-year-old cat at home at the time, and he was starting to fail. His kidneys were starting to fail. And we were told he needed to have a daily saline shot, like an injection. And I was going to be the one who had to do that. And the first time I gave him one, my hand was shaking so badly. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it every day. It was just too emotional for me to do it. So I thought, well, I'm going to try out this technique and see if it really works. So I tapped. I tapped about my hand shaking. I tapped about my fear of hurting the cat. And I tapped about all the memories from all the injections I had had from moving around the world, right? I had a lot of injections. And the next day, the needle just slid right in. All that fear that had been sitting inside of me the day before had totally gone. So that's when I realized two things. I realized first that EFT is deceptively powerful. It doesn't look like it's doing much. In fact, it's kind of weird, but it really is. And, and this is the key. I realized that freedom is on the other side of that fear. And that's where I wanted to be. So for me, that was a really good starting place because I really believed in it at that point. And I knew I wanted to get to that freedom. So I started to use it every day. I started to notice when I was becoming emotional, right? Even that is a big step for some people because we get so caught up in our emotions. So to be able to stand back and say, oh, look at me, I'm getting frustrated or I'm getting angry. That in itself takes some work, some awareness, but it gets easier the more you do it. So the first day, maybe I only noticed one time and then I would tap and I would bring myself back to peace. And then the next day, maybe I'd noticed twice. So I just went on and, and worked on myself and I noticed things becoming easier. I was becoming less reactionary. My mind was becoming less busy and less, less negative. And what I realized is I wanted more. I wanted to go faster and I wanted quicker change, you know, quicker changes, more changes. So I wrote down every emotional memory I could think of from my childhood. And I tapped through one each night for about an hour to an hour and a half each night. And over the months that went by, my mind really did become quiet. It became peaceful. I became peaceful. I was less reactionary, right? So the whole household changed because I was I wasn't caught up in my triggers anymore. And I remember one day opening my kitchen door and actually saying to myself, it feels like I'm living in a different reality because my mind, which used to be so busy, was quiet. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't talking to me all the time. It wasn't critical. It wasn't judgmental. And that was not normal for me. So it took a while for me to actually get used to having that peaceful mind. And that's when I realized that the words that had been replaying in my mind and the judgments and the criticisms had been my dad's words that I had been programmed with in childhood. And I had just been replaying them over and over again without the awareness that it was happening. So that was kind of the first step on my journey. You said you don't meditate. What are your views on meditation? I think there is there are benefits to meditation for sure. I think about it through the law of attraction. 
right? And I know some people use that phrase, they don't like it anymore because it's been used so much, but they think of it in terms of manifestation. I'm just thinking about it in terms of a law of the universe, right? Something that I know because I've experienced it so often that's working every second of every day. And what I believe is the whole of us, the whole of our being is a signal. And we're emitting a signal every second of every day and we're attracting back into ourselves, back to ourselves based on the signal that we're emitting. So the signal is everything about us, right? It's our size, it's our shape, it's our gender, it's our clothes, it's our hair, it's our thoughts. But the biggest part of it in my experience is the tension that we hold inside of us from our past. And we'll get more into that as we get to the next steps in my journey. So when we're in meditation, right, we're, we're coming to peace. We are more peaceful and that is our signal. And that's what we're attracting back into our future. So it, the benefits are there. I wanted to get to a deeper level of change so that my base signal was changing, so that my future was really changing, right? So I feel this work is actually deeper than meditation. Okay. Indeed, indeed, indeed. You say you have a slightly different way of thinking about the law of attraction. Can you explain this viewpoint? Yeah, well, that's kind of what we just talked about, where we're, we're a signal, right? And it's working mm -hmm. every second of every day. So mm -hmm. I would ask myself that during the day. It's like, okay, how am I feeling right now? Mm -hmm. Because the way I'm feeling right now is what I'm attracting back into my future. So if I'm sitting in anger or if I'm sitting in frustration or mm -hmm. sadness, right. I'm attracting that back into my future. Mm -hmm. So if I want to change that, and I normally did, right? If I normally ask myself, how am I feeling right now? Do I want to feel this way again? I would normally say, I don't want to feel this way again. Right. So then I change what I'm feeling right now because that's changing my signal. So if mm. I tap, if I use this technique at EFT and tap and bring myself back to peace, right. right? Let go of the tension. And that's what EFT is doing. It's the tapping on the ends of the meridian systems are releasing the tension stored in the nervous system. And it brings us back to peace. So when we're at peace, we're attracting peace into our future. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. We have to be purposeful in changing our signal though, right? Because I might say, oh, I want to have a good day. But to, you know, the stressors around me, the triggers around me might impact the way that I think, therefore impacting my signal, right? Right. So exactly. So the words, saying the words themselves is not going to change much. Right? right. Right. Because we have all those other feelings inside of us. We have all that history, all the, the voices saying, of course, you're not going to have a good day or, you know, well, this is happening or that's happening. Right. All those other things inside of us are affecting our signal. So absolutely. It's it's deeper work than than a lot of you know the teachers out there think it's not just thoughts. It's it's deeper than that. Yeah. And it takes awareness, right? That's what I was saying about catching how you're feeling, mm -hmm. right? You've got to be able to do that at some point, right? It gets easier, but at some point you have to catch how you're feeling and do something about it. Be conscious about changing that signal. Now, let me carry on with my story and we'll get to the second step because some people could all, they already have more awareness, when I started out, I didn't know how I felt, right? If someone asked me how I was feeling today, I would say, I don't know, I'm, I'm fine, right? That would be my automatic response because I didn't have the awareness of myself at a deeper level. 
well, after I'd done enough tapping, I became aware of my emotions during the day. So I could say, well, I'm feeling a little sad right now, or, you know, I'm pretty happy right now. But I couldn't do that at the beginning. And it's the EFT or it's the tapping that I realized it's what it's doing is it's opening up a subconscious mind. And as we open up a subconscious mind, our awareness expands deeper into our body. So I wasn't aware of my feelings, my emotions. Then I became aware of my emotions. And then there's a deeper level. So I became aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions, right? Which, which is the unusual concept, but, but think about it. If you see someone in the distance, you can probably tell if they're, if they're sad or if they're angry by the way they're holding themselves, right? They're holding tension in certain parts of their body. We can become aware of where we're holding tension inside of our body when we're experiencing an emotion. So I became aware of that. And then when I was doing this process of tapping, I was actually in a group at the time. We were studying A Course in Miracles. And the guy in the group, the kind of guru guy, the head of the group, would say every week that you don't need to meditate. It's all about feeling your feelings. Well, it felt good to me at the time because I didn't want to meditate. But I didn't know what it meant to feel your feelings. But I was on this journey at the time with the EFT. So I was tapping each week and, and, and working through things and actually becoming aware of my feelings. So one day I was doing dishes at the kitchen sink and I, I thought, OK, I'm going to try and feel my feelings. What does that even mean? Because it was so foreign to me. So what I found I had to do is I would notice when I was thinking a thought that had emotions. So for me, it was normally a fearful thought. Now that in itself, right, that takes some awareness to be able to catch a thought and realize, okay, that's a fearful thought. But I was at the place that I could do that. So then I would catch this thought and I would feel where that fear was. For me, it would normally be sitting in my solar plexus in my stomach area. So I would feel that that's where the fear was. So how then do I feel the feelings? How do I feel the fear? And what I realized I had to do was actually hold my awareness on that fear in my solar plexus, which is kind of just a tension or a weird feeling. And if I moved or if I took a deep breath, I would lose it. I, I wouldn't be able to focus on it, on it anymore. So what I had to do was hold myself like a statue and stop breathing, not take a deep breath, but actually stop in my breath where I was when I felt that fear. So I would hold myself like a statue, feel that fear, now, to do that, I had to talk to it. So I would say things like, okay, I can feel this fear. I can feel you sitting in my solar plexus. I just want to feel you. I want to allow you to be there, to be felt. I don't want to change you. I just want to feel you. And at some point, I'd have to take a deep breath, and I'd let it out again. And I would notice that fear would have dissipated slightly. So then I would think the same thought again, this fearful thought. I would feel the fear. And I would do the same thing again, hold my awareness on it. It would shift. Then I would think the thought again. And I would do it over and over again with the same thought until all the fear had gone, at which point the attachment of that thought to the emotions in the body would have, would have just disappeared. There would be nothing left to it. So at that point, that thought is free. <laughs> There's nothing left in the body. So then I started doing this every day. Instead of tapping, I would feel my feelings. And in the evening, instead of working through my childhood, which I had done at this point, I would lay on the sofa and I would bring collective traumas to mind, right? Because we all have our own experience of a collective trauma. So like 9-11, right? We all had our own experience of that event. 
So I would bring my memories of the event back to mind and feel all those emotions and those sensations in my body and just allow them to be felt and they would dissipate. So I would do that over and over again. And as time went by, my focus, my ability to focus on the sensations improved. To begin with, I'd actually fall asleep pretty soon. But but as time went on, I actually became very present as I was doing this. And it came to the point where I could actually keep my awareness inside my body after the sensations had dissipated. Now, I'd never heard of this before. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just I was just doing the same thing over and over again and found I could do this other thing. And the only way I can kind of explain it to you is imagine you have a toothache or a stomach ache. You can pinpoint with your sensing mind, you can sense where that pain is coming from. But once the pain has dissipated, you can't find that place again inside because there's nothing calling your attention to it anymore. I found that I could. I could keep my awareness inside my body. So then I just started doing this all the time. So now I'm doing the same thing. I'm focusing on tension, holding my awareness on it, allowing it to be felt and it would dissipate slightly. And I do it over and over again. So the same thing that I was doing with the physical sensations, the same thing actually that I was doing with tapping, because with tapping, we go through the same emotional, the same phrase over and over again until all the energy has dissipated. Now I'm doing it deep inside the body. So I just kept doing it. I, I found I could find places with tension and not, and then I'd work on the tension, release it, and I'd work throughout my torso. And eventually, and it took many, many months, I can't remember exactly how many, but it was a long time before I could actually put my awareness inside my head. And that was eye-opening for me because I had so much pain and tension. The pain in my left cheek was incredible. And the forces that I could feel pulling my head, my skull bones out of alignment were incredible. Really, I, I can't even put it in words. No one's going to really understand or necessarily believe me. But because I was born with my right foot up against my right shin and I have had scoliosis my whole life, I think my whole body was twisted out of alignment at that point. And so my skull bones were out of alignment. But I had lived 50 years at this point without any awareness that this pain and tension was inside my head. So that really gave me an understanding for the, how I think about the law of attraction, right? There is so much tension inside of us that we have no awareness of until we get to the point that we do. So once I got to this point, I had this technique now, right? I could focus on the pain. To begin with, it could only be a couple of seconds. And it would release a little bit. And then I would do it again and again and again. And over time, I got to the place where I could actually feel my skull bones relax. Felt really good at the time. I didn't know what was happening still, which is why it was really good to actually have x-rays taken last year, 2021, and compare them to 2013 and see that my eye sockets had aligned and my jaw was more centered and my neck is straighter than it's ever been in my whole life. I've got more to go, but that's why I've grown half an inch because I've, I've just been straightening out and releasing this deep tension inside in the connective tissue. So there we go, that's my story. <laughs> indeed, indeed, thank you for sharing. Thank you indeed. When somebody is going through a change in their life or going through something in their life, 
what recommendations would you make regarding them overcoming their stuff in order to be better? Well, the first thing you have to do is be willing, right? You have to be willing and you have to have a desire to do it. So that's really what pushed me on my journey is I really, really wanted things to change. So that kept me going. Also having an example, right? The, the cat injection for me was huge, right? Something that I could believe in. I could see that the freedom was on the other side of that fear, those emotions. And, you know, if people can understand my journey and are willing to believe me, and realize that emotions are simply just energy that is stuck in the body, right? To me, that really helped once I got that understanding. I don't have to get caught up in the emotions. They're just energy that's stuck in the body and I can allow it to leave. And once it's left, I'm going to feel at peace regardless of what's happening around me. You know, some things are obviously gonna take more work than others, but it can certainly be done. And even, you know, taking a deep breath, right? If you think about the law of attraction, you think about the way of emitting a signal every second of every day, just taking a deep breath is going to bring you more into peace right now. And that is going to change your future. But if you want to do something more than learning at EFT, it's very easy to do. I've actually got a, an EFT demo on my YouTube channel. So anyone can learn to do it in a few minutes. And then that will bring you back to peace, but at a deeper level. That will release tension that's stored in the connective tissue. That will change your future. Indeed, indeed. As a world, we're going through a lot of pain, a lot of stress. You know, um, people thought it was bad a couple of years ago. Well, it's just gotten that much worse when we thought it was supposed to get that much better, right? <laughs> I digress <laughs> as much as the country is doing. How can this work assist us with changing our future, which is very much needed today? Right. And yeah, I do think a lot of the things are coming up now so that we can look at them closely and we can do this kind of work, right? Everything needs to be looked at closely. That's my whole journey. It's been looking at the things that happened to me closely then looking at the physical sensations closely and allowing them to be felt and then at the deep inside just allowing that tension to be felt right so if we can experience whatever it is we're feeling and allow those feelings to be felt right which can be done with any of these techniques at EFT for sure if we can talk through how we're feeling talk through the emotions right and we're divided in so many ways, right? So it doesn't matter what the subject is or what side of any subject you're on. You've got some emotions about the other side, right? There's frustration with, or there's anger with some politicians or with people who are thinking one thing that you don't like thinking. If we can feel those emotions and bring ourselves back to peace, that's how we can meet in the middle, Right. Once we bring ourselves back to pieces, each side of every subject did this work and brought themselves back to peace. Then we could discuss things without the emotions being brought up because they would no longer be a trigger. So that's how I believe we can change the future. And you are very evidence of such change, of change thought. You know, let's look at this. T describe to us, discuss with us regarding this photo. 
Yeah, I mean, if if that if it wasn't me, right? I don't want to sound <laughs> um, like I, I'm talking about me, but if I saw that and that was someone else, it's like, oh my goodness, how did that happen, right? Those those eye sockets are straighter than they were, right? The 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 space between the cheekbones and the the teeth that has expanded significantly, and the jawbone was way off to the side and it's so much more centered so I would really want to know how how that person did that but that's me hopefully there's other people out there who want to know how that those physical changes happen and are willing to take up this work because having more people you know I don't know how many it would take how many people that have this power inside of this them to change their worlds, how many it would take to change the whole world. But I'm sure we can do that. So, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you see in those x-rays? I see change. I see significant change. <laughs> Eight years. And I would say that these people might be in the same family, but I would never guess that these were the same person, you know? Right. And I really want to have another x-ray taken this year, um, later this year, because I know so much has changed from last year. Right. right. I see significant change in the eyes, nose, mouth, jaw, cheeks, almost as if you had, you know, what Los Angeles prescribes to themselves often, plastic surgery or reconstructive surgery. Yeah, and I don't even know how you could do that, right? Could, can you do that? Can you change the eye sockets with reconstructive surgery? Could, I don't think reconstructive surgery can do anything phenomenal with bone. And look at these changes you made through thought alone, right? Through focused attention, yeah. Yes, I'm yes. almost, I, I wouldn't say I'm thinking. Actually, I would say mm. I'm, I'm out of the thinking mind. I'm in the feeling mind, Okay. right? So I'm sensing, I'm just feeling the tension and allowing it to release and um, yeah, I can hear my dog squeaking at the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us about your website, um, andhence.com. It has the x-rays on there. So you can go on there. You can look at the x-rays. I've got a link to um, my main video on my YouTube channel, which talks through the different steps. Um, the YouTube channel has multiple videos that, that go into pr some pretty deep stuff. And I'm happy for you to, to look at them, look at them and, and do this work. And uh, yeah, what, and there's links to my book in there. My book is called The Pathway to Insight. So it talks through in detail the different steps, the, the steps that I took and my explanation of how I believe that we're programmed in childhood and that programming is stored in our connective tissue. That's what I've realized through this deeper inner work. It's, it's, I'm, I believe I'm sensing through the connective tissue in our body, which I believe is where the soul resides. Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you, Miss Ann Hintz, regarding you know these this concept and especially regarding EFT, as I'm not a lot of you know focus. Uh, we see that it's expanding. I definitely see a lot of clinicians learning more about it and hearing to it, as well as them learning about EMDR and changes to the mental status of people in order to make those interchanges they need a lot of times in overcoming trauma. So 
Thank yeah. you for the work that you do, Miss Anne, and thank you for introducing us to this concept. Do you have any words you would like to discuss with the listening and watching audience before we go? I guess we should talk about the title of the show, which we wrote, Positive Thinking Does Not Work. Yeah, yeah, let's end with that note. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Why doesn't positive thinking work? The reason it doesn't work is as soon as you try and think a thought that is not your actual thought, you're suppressing what you're actually feeling. And this whole journey of mine has been about finding and accepting our truth, right? So if I'm thinking a thought, however negative it is, it's inside of me. So if I can work with that thought and allow the emotion of it to go, then better thoughts, more positive thoughts will naturally arise, right? And those are the thoughts you want. So we don't want to try and think a positive thought. We want to actually notice the thought we are thinking and allow it to be okay. It doesn't mean that we need to act on it, right? We might, it might be a really negative thought, right? We don't want to, we don't want to be angry with someone else, express it onto someone else. We want to just feel that anger inside of us and let it go. It will go if we feel it because it's, it's just been suppressed so much from childhood, probably. And it just, it just wants to leave the body and we just have to allow it to do that. Right, because I know a lot of times uh, clinicians, they'll prescribe to their um, clients affirmations. And then, you know, let's say three months into therapy, six months into therapy, people could see maybe a slight change, but for the most part, they see that it's wasteful. They wasted a lot of stick up stickies in their bathroom window, on their bathroom mirror. (laughs) Now, if you were gonna do that with EFT, right? If you've got an affirmation with EFT, um, you know, on your, whatever, your mirror or your wall, you would actually tap on the thoughts that do come up, Mm. right? There might be negative thoughts that come up in relation to that positive statement, right? So if you're saying to yourself, that's not going to work, right? That's where you could tap with, that's not going to work. I don't believe that, Mm -hmm. right? To allow the emotion of that resistance to leave, that will be helping. That's what's stored inside of us. It's the negative that's stored inside of us. The positive isn't stored inside of us the same way. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we could say all day, I am a good person or I am successful. And if we don't believe the words, it's lip service and a lip service is not service. Right. But if we tap away, I am a good person and the negative thoughts come, you're not a good or person. Or I'm not a, I'm not a good person. Right? And we tap it away. No, that's not true. That's not true. A lot of those things are here and here. Right. Our mouth and our mouth, our mouth and our mind. And we let it go. We let it go. We tap it away. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And you say people can learn more about EFT. What do you recommend how they go about learning about EFT? I recommend watching my YouTube video. Because because a lot of people have taken EFT over the years and moved towards more of the positive, right? But they don't realize it's it's the power in EFT is absolutely finding the negative. It's like it's like a rut. The negative is like a rut in the road, right? And if you keep thinking negatively, that rut is going to get deeper. But the tapping is actually flattening the rut out, right? So that's what EFT is doing. And, and working with the positive, right, is not working on the rut. It's the right. rut we want to get out of there. And that's, right. what, that's what it does. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Thank you. We'd like to live in listening and watching the audience with any words of encouragement as we go. You can do it. You have so much power inside of you. You just don't realize and there's so much depth to life 
that a lot of people don't realize. And you find that more and more the further you go along the journey. So it's absolutely worth starting the journey. Right. right. Indeed. You can learn more about Ann Hintz at annhintz.com. Please check out her videos, especially those regarding EFT. Um, she has a number of YouTube videos that are very empowering and educational, and she breaks it down in such a way that it's, it's, it makes sense. She's not using big words. She's not big in concepts, big concepts that you don't understand, like Anne probably believes, like I believe. The healing is within, right? You know what I'm saying? Focus is the key. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the More Than Therapy podcast, and you can subscribe to it any way in which you push play to listen to your favorite podcasts. Be well, be great.